It's Wednesday, May 25th, 2022. Welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable brought to you by the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne, PA, Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA, and the Edge of Philly Sports Network. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight along with my partner, Jim Chet Chesko. Chet, the Philly season uh, just got to the 25% mark. They're eight games behind the Mets. We're going to find out tonight where this season is going to go after our vi- our great visit with Dave Sp- Spadaro and Troy Vincent last week. Uh, I have some follow-up questions for you to chew on regarding the Eagles. All right. The Flyers have some serious candidates for the head coaching position. And I'm curious that uh, you've had another week to think about the Sixers' early exit and Glenn Rivers' comments, uh, if your thoughts have changed since you've had a little time to chew on that. Always well, we plenty didn't... to talk about in this Philly sports scene, that's for sure. We will get to all of that, Bill. And for those of you who were patiently waiting the last 20 minutes, yeah, we got a late start tonight, some uh, technical snafus that we got uh, finally through. But anyway, uh, Philly's loss, very painful Tuesday night. And, hey, thanks to everybody for the positive feedback on last week's show, our first-of-a-kind 90-minute show from, well, you were in your home base in Florida. I was at the Link, Bill, Lincoln Financial Field. Uh, a lot of great guests right there at the stadium. Troy Vincent, Dave Spadaro, as you mentioned, Joanna Otero-Cruz and others, all part of a terrific Women Against Abuse event that we were thrilled to be a part of. That was a blast. But we're talking baseball tonight, Bill. Yes, we are. And it was a blast. Let me add that. Uh, and let's get to it. Let's welcome Philly Nation's Brian Michael back to Philly Press Box Radio. Brian, welcome back, my friend. Hello, fellas. How you doing tonight? Hey, Brian, doing better now, finally. <laughs> it took a while, but we, we are here. And as Bill mentioned, we have just passed the quarter turn of the season. And as has been the case the last couple of years, it's mediocre. A lot of mediocrity there. They've had a tough schedule this month so far. But still, should they be better here you know, than 20 and 23? Should they be better? Yes, the, their record certainly should be better. They have been putting up some great stats, especially on the batting side. Uh, batting average, starting pitching is looking great, um, but they've been losing games, right? It has not translated into the wins that you would expect. Now, yes, it's tough that the Mets are uh, off to a hot start. They've already got an eight-game lead. Um, I'm not saying they should be that good, but – there are plenty of games, and we only have to look as far back as last night to see games that they should have won. Mm-hmm. Um, three, four, five games at least at the 25% uh, uh, mark of the season. So you can only imagine, uh, is that going to get worse? Is that going to get better? Um, how's the bullpen going to respond? How's Joe Girardi going to respond uh, in, in shuffling the bullpen? Um, but like I said, there's plenty of positive sides uh, they're just not translating to wins. So, yes, I do expect them uh, before the season to have more wins and watching these games uh, to have more wins. Well, Brian, relief pitching, uh, certainly a bugaboo at this point again this year. Uh, but my question for you before we get into the individuals in the bullpen, uh, Joe Girardi got caught again last night without at least three of his pitchers, uh, became unavailable. You know, I'm a firm believer in you have to win today before you get to tomorrow, before you worry about tomorrow. So I understand that. But 
the schedule being as it is, um, is that just bad decision making by Girardi to have himself hung out like that? I think so. I think you're definitely right about that. Uh, but at the same time, he was put in a tough, dis- uh, a tough situation uh, because of some of these games we've mentioned. Um, two nights ago, they had to use Corey Knebel when they were up 7-3. Uh, why? Well, because they blew that 7-1 game against the Mets uh, a couple weeks ago, and that's fresh on everyone's memory. So uh, when you're thinking – I guess when you're using that approach, you might think, well, let's throw Corey out in every high leverage situation. Uh, obviously, you can't do that. Um, but that's what started the, the domino effect into last night, too, because it was a perfect closing situation. That's where you want him pitching. You don't need him pitching in a game when you have a four run lead the night before, especially when you have some guys still. Um, not 100% or still waiting another day because of injuries, right? So you don't want to compound the problems by not uh, putting the right people in on the right days. So, you know, I don't know how much they had that figured out in advance of the day. I know Joe had some um, explanations for who we used why last night, um, particularly the righties in the lineup. But, of course, that last night was way more of a high leverage situation than two nights ago when you need to use your closer. So, yes, I do think he brought that on himself, uh, but part of that was because of losing all these tight games where you feel like you need to use your top or you only trust your top uh, uh, relievers, which is a tough thing to do because, you know, last night, um, Familia in some previous games, you know, I think you're starting to lose confidence in putting them in those late inning uh, situations. Look, I, I still would rather have either Familia or Alvarado in there. I know that they're, you know, both inconsistent, but instead he goes with Nick Nelson for a second inning. Yeah, he looked good in the eighth, but he's never closed in his life. And I think we all knew how that was going to go. At least I was pretty worried that that's how it might go when I saw him go back out there for the bottom of the ninth. I don't want to talk about that anymore right now. Let's focus on something more positive, <laughs> which would be the starters. Uh, the starting rotation has actually been pretty darn good, especially when you go with the number one guy, the guy who was a Cy Young candidate last year. That, of course, would be Zach Wheeler. I mean, look at what Zach Wheeler has done over the last five starts. He's been he's been dominant, and uh, Nola's coming around a bit. So I, I really like the starters, and I think – these guys can keep them in the hunt along with the hitting. Do you agree that the starters starters are giving them what they're expecting? Uh, yes. Yep. You're absolutely right. And I would even say they're a little bit higher than expectations in the fact that, you know, they're all hitting their potential, right? We were hoping Ranger Suarez would have a good season. Eflin would continue. Nola would bounce back a bit. I know we talked last year around this time, um, you know, was Nola's, uh, struggles an anomaly or really an indication of the kind of pitcher he is, but he's really come back uh, to start this year um, and the whole rotation has. So that's really been the one consistency um, that the Phillies have had. Yeah. Bryce Harper is hitting great, but that's um, you know, his injury has, has played uh, all the decisions on his part, but that's one thing that Joe Girardi can rely on is uh, these five starters coming out every day. We might have different bullpen situations. We might have different lineups every day. Uh, but for the most part this season, um, and hopefully if everyone stays healthy, um, he's going to ride these five horses you know, as long as he can. 
And yes, they have performed. Um, they are fourth in the league in quality starts mm-hmm. with 17. Um, I know uh, Gibson missed one by an out last week. Um, so I think the, they're even better than that. So yes, the, the starting pitcher, I would say, has even exceeded expectations a little bit. Well, and the crazy thing about that is if you look at the five of them, only Ranger Suarez has an ERA over four. Everybody else is below four, yet they're 12 and 14. Uh, you're leading the league in quality starts. You're 12 and 14 as starters. Um, at that time, we didn't seem to want to be able to hit when we were getting good pitch, and now we're hitting and, and we're having bullpen problems. So uh, it, it's certainly a, a bit of a quandary for this group to put it all together at this point. And now you're eight games out, 25% into the season. Yeah. And, you know, wins for starting pitchers aren't always the best stat, but wins for the team certainly are. And when you see pitchers go out like Nola on Sunday and pitch really well and then have the team uh, lose the game, you know, it's 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 deflating. You know, it, they can't keep this up all season. Um, so winning the games that can easily be won uh, need to happen. Right. That's the only chance that they have, because like we said, the Mets are already up eight games and the Phils aren't in the wild card even at this point. We might get two from the uh, NL West uh, again. So, you know, that's a big question. Are we wasting some of these great performances? One by the starting pitching, two by Bryce Harper. Right. Um, All of these, you know, positives um, are being weighed down. Uh, by the inconsistencies of the bullpen um, and a little bit the defense too, which people expected coming in L- last night again was a terrible example. Sorry, Chet, to bring it up. <laughs> but yeah, the defense uh, was rough. We could definitely talk about that. In fact, all, all the way up the middle. I mean, JT's been fine defensively, but uh, he's not having a JT Romuto kind of year. You never know who the shortstop's going to be. Didi's had injury problems. And then there's the mess out in center field. Roman Quinn, Odubel Herrera. What the heck is going on out there? I hate seeing either of those guys out there anymore because it's always an adventure, it seems, and we saw that again Tuesday night. Yep. Uh, I mean, Matt Veerling was the opening day starter, and he's back in AAA. Um, So that's another one. Um, I mean, defensively, yeah, you saw some of that inexperience last night with with Roman Quinn. I think that is certainly part of it, not having a consistent – outfield that is used to communicating with each other knows who's going to get what balls, uh, certainly what times of the game. Um, so, you know, I've always been a big fan of Roman Quinn. Uh, if he stays healthy, great. I don't think he's an everyday starter, even if he is healthy, right? Um, they certainly need more production from center field. They need more consistency on the defensive side. Um, maybe Mickey Moniak. Uh, could be that solution. He's back um, in Reading, at least till tomorrow. Uh, he did well earlier this week. Um, he said he, he just rested for six weeks uh, to get his right hand back after getting uh, a hit in that last at that of spring training, which was such a sad thing to see after a, a great spring training that he put on. Um, so I think Maniac will be back soon. I think we'll see him in the next couple weeks. Um, and then it's up to him to take that that back. But yeah, you're you're going to see more of this back and forth uh, at least for another month or two. Um, All star break, I'd say. 
Yeah, and, and I hate to I hate to disagree with you, Brian, but if I never saw Roman Quinn again, that would be just fine with me. <laughs> uh, I, I wasn't a fan before they let him go, and I'm certainly not a fan that they brought him back. I'll take Odubel Herrera out there every day compared yeah. to compared to uh to Quinn. But you know, yeah. and I, I think the troubling thing, let me jump on this real quick and then you follow back up, is that I think everybody has their hopes on Moniac and and I I mean, I hope too, but the guy's never been successful in the big leagues. And all of a sudden, we're thinking he's going to walk up. We're going to make him the starting center fielder, and life is going to be good. I'm not so sure. No, I'm definitely not sure he he is the long-term answer. But I do think he's going to get a chance uh, when he's healthy. So he, he would be penciled in uh, in the depth chart probably as number one. Um, but one, one uh, thing for Roman Quinn and the Phillies as well, uh, is speed. Um, they've been back uh, running the bases, uh, or at least stealing bases. They have had a few uh, blunders on the base pass this year, but um, they've been stealing bases at a clip that they haven't seen in the past couple of years. Roman Quinn is a small part of it with four, but um, that's definitely, uh, again, one of these positive things that we're seeing, especially on the offensive side. Um, we're just not putting it all together and blowing some leads on the, on the, tail end of the games too which is unfortunate hey bryce harper is looking like an mvp candidate again all of a sudden he's hitting very well um i'm very happy to have the dh in the national league this year otherwise he might not be playing at all but how does it hurt their lineup not having him out in right field because then you got you know two not so great defensive guys in the corner outfield spots yeah it, it definitely puts pressure on everyone offensively and defensively up and down the lineup, because now when you see some of the inconsistency with, um, with Schwarber and Castellanos, right. We need them. Uh, if Harper is not going to be in the lineup, like uh, two weeks ago, um, you know, all of that gets accentuated uh, more uh, when Harper can't uh, perform at a hundred percent. And like I was saying too, if you're going to be blowing games, um, you know, are we wasting, this great MVP type performance because Bryce is a, is a long-term commitment, right? And he's going to need some sort of rehab or surgery. And the question is, do we start it now? When do we start it? Um, You know, are the Phillies going to be buyers or sellers at the, at the trade deadline? So, you know, you can have me back on at the end of July. We can talk about that and (laughs) see if it's time to shut down Bryce Harper at that point. Who knows? Yeah. Trade Zach Eflin and his and his new uh, contract, which is great. Um, but I hope they don't. Um, but all these things could happen if they stay this inconsistent because the the playoffs are running away from them. Well, what one guy that is a mystery to me, and that is Reese Hoskins. Uh, you know, I, I always feel like he needs to be a big player for this team to be successful. Uh, they put him in the in the leadoff spot. Certainly not where he belongs, but he is hitting a little bit better. Still only up to 228. Uh, what can we expect from Hoskins, and how how long is that leash on him? Well, uh, he's definitely has been hitting better in the leadoff role. Um, like you said, I don't think that's his natural position or even a, a long term solution. Um, but that's something, and and sometimes I feel like he needs something to get him going. Right, he'll he'll kind of have these slumps throughout the, the season. Um, but you're never going to get a, a high batting average, that that leadoff position. You know, 220, 260 might be the best we can hope from. Um, a lot of strikeouts. 
and that's true for the whole team. Their strikeout to walk ratio is it's not great on the on the offensive side, which is something every coach will say all the time. But uh, particularly this year, they're towards the bottom. Um, so again, uh, with the lineup and all these mashers, right? They're going to have a lot of strikeouts. So unless they can put something together at the top of the order where they can get people on base and move them, um, they're going to probably continue to to leave these runners stranded or, or just not get things going in a consistent lineup, right? I think that's that's the big thing too is, is just getting some consistency. People talk about that a lot. Um, I think it, it helps probably more so for the bullpen than the lineup. Um, but the, the Phillies have had – you know, as many lineups uh, as there are days in the season this year, pretty much. Um, so I think that could help him more. But yeah, I mean, uh, you, you, what you see is what you get. I think for Reese, um, streaky. Um, he'll give you 30 homers, maybe 250, 260, like I said at best. Um, but he's going to strike you out over 150 times a season, uh, probably over 200. Um, so if that fits in your lineup, great. You know, with some of this other uh, these other players that were missing, a center fielder, a shortstop, um, it seems like we're hitter heavy or we're or masher heavy, and don't have the rest of the pieces there all working at the same time um, as the, as the team. So um, he's he's not one of my bigger concerns uh, in the lineup, but um, you know, I think that's what you get with with Reese. Yeah, a lot of concerns still, and uh, we'll keep an eye on it all summer, of course, Brian. Hey, I didn't realize this till the other day, but you and a couple of other guys last summer put together a Philadelphia Eagles history book, yes. and it looks pretty interesting. And I guess it's basically a photo history of the team. Tell us about that. Yeah, yeah, thanks for mentioning it. Um, yep, it's a basically a history of football in Philly. Um, we talk about the teams before the Eagles, like the Yellow Jackets, um, and the high school teams and the Army Navy. And we get into the start of the Eagles, um, their first two championships, obviously 1960, Chuck Benerick and all the years. So, yeah, it goes through the entire history up through the Super Bowl, and it's really uh, fan-focused, right? So we had a lot of fans send in their photos, which is great because we had some unique, never-before-seen photos. Um, we got some great access to collections at Temple University, um, also Ed Mahan, who is the Eagles' first um, photographer. He has a whole basement full of photos, um, which are amazing. So it was great. Uh, he was a great resource to have. And it's it's a fun, accessible book. It, it's the history, but only two sentences at a time. You can pick it up at any page, start reading it, learn something, um, and then go um, read some more um, if you could see in the background, uh, Ray Didinger's encyclopedia. So hopefully my book gives you a taste. You can do a little bit more research on your own. And we actually had Ray write the foreword uh, for the book, uh, which yeah. was amazing. He he wrote a beautiful uh, essay for it. Very cool stuff. And, and before I ask you my next question, where can people get that book? Oh, sure. Uh, yeah, they can get it at Scheib Sports uh, at 13 The Walnut in Center City or Shibesports.com. Very good. Hey, uh, we have a question here. I wanted to throw up. I'm going to jump back to baseball for just a second. Our buddy Matty B put a put a question up there. Explain the positives about leaving 144 runners on base and scoring position with two outs through 43 games. 
Is there a way they're to getting, explain that? They're getting runners on base, the high on base percentage, <laughs> right? That's that's the first step. But um, yeah, no, there's no there's no uh, positive way to spin that. And um, one thing I wrote about, uh, I think two weeks ago, was Kyle Schwarber and just his uh, disappointment with runners in scoring position. He's hitting uh, 129 right now. Uh, he hit 309 last season. Uh, with runners in scoring position. So again, with Bryce out for a week, um, some of the other uh, positions not uh, solid, you, you need a little bit more out of these guys, uh, Schwarber and Castellanos. Um, and, it, it, you know, they don't need to carry the team, but uh, they're dragging the lineup down, especially in these positions where, again, a couple runs here and there is a big difference between a win and a loss. Um, hey, Bill, I want to ask, one more thing of Brian, and you mentioned this guy a moment ago, Ray Didinger. Uh, you did get the Hall of Famer to write the foreword for that uh, book. And he's a guy who, as you know, is retiring this weekend, the great Ray Diddy. And everybody who knows sports and follows Philly sports knows and love Ray Didinger. What are your thoughts on Ray? Because I know, you know, you work with him a bit. Uh, he and Glenn have done some things at Shibe Sports. Uh, what are your thoughts about Ray and his amazing 53-year career in Philly? Uh, he's irreplaceable, right? That's that's the one thing uh, right off the top of my mind. But he's such a great guy. He's so nice and generous, um, always willing to talk, talk to fans, um, give insight. Um, we've had him, like you said, at the show or at the store several times for his book signings. Um, we also sponsor his and Glenn's show with a yeah. This Week in Philly Sports History segment through Shibe Sports. Um, so it's been great getting to know Ray over the years. And like I said, he's he knows everything about the Eagles, but he's even a nicer person. Um, and I'm lucky enough to – I'm going to get to go on Saturday to see his last wow, um, nice. his last uh, uh, show. And um, we have a special gift for him. I'll, I'll tell you guys, and I won't show you in case he's watching, uh, but it's a uh, Ramblers T-shirt. So oh, I don't wow. know if you guys are familiar yeah. with the Philadelphia Ramblers. I don't think you're quite that old, Not but quite. you may have heard of them. <laughs> um, the first time we had Ray at the store, we told him about it. You know, we have old Prism shirts and, and Connie Mack and this and that. And he asked, do you have a Philadelphia Rambler shirt? And uh, my business partner and I just looked at each other like, who are the Ramblers? <laughs> uh, so we uh, next day, first thing we did was, of course, find Ramblers design, talk to our artists get a shirt made uh, and get it printed up for Ray because uh, he was a huge Ramblers fan. If you read his, his memoir, um, that was one of the first teams he fell in love with. So it's, it's fun to talk the obscure old team stuff and, and behind the scenes that, that only he can provide as well as the new, um, uh, the, the current day stuff. Cause it's great. I, I remember another time at the store, I think we asked him who was going to win the, the Eagles game on Sunday. What what was your prediction for Sunday? I think they were playing the Vikings, um, a regular season game. And he said, I'm not sure yet. I need to do some more research. And, you know, who in Philly's radio or, or sports media wouldn't give you an immediate take on whatever you ask them. Um, but Ray, you know, ever the, the professional, very deliberate, um, he waited to uh, give me his uh, prediction until uh, he did a little bit more research with his, with his uh, famous yellow uh, uh, paper. So yeah, I guess I picked up a few things from him as well. 
Nice. You well, Brian, you hit on a little bit what I was going to ask you, uh, but go, let's go ahead and get to it. Shy Vintage Sports, uh, you are a our owner, partner of that. Uh, tell the people what that's all about, where the store is, how they can reach you. I am on a, on a mailing list um, as well as many others. So put it all out there. Let people know what's going on at Shy Vintage Sports. Yeah, sure. Yeah, Shibe Sports, uh, it's a retail store in Center City, like I had mentioned earlier, 13th and Walnut. Um, we've been around for almost nine years now, but we focus on all the throwback vintage uh, styles for the sports teams, Eagles, Flyers, Sixers, Phillies, but also some of these other teams like the Ramblers, Philadelphia A's, we do a lot with um, the Stars Negro League team, uh, we do a lot with uh, when we work with the Anderson Monarchs in South Philly. Um, but it, it's, it's all vintage inspired. Um, we work with local artists in Philly, uh, to do the designs. Um, so it's, it's very locally focused, very Philly focused. Um, and it's a lot of fun. We do the research, uh, for these old teams, the old players to get different ideas. Um, I'm lucky my business partner, Johnny Goodtimes is a big Philly sports history nut as well. Um, so we enjoy that a lot and, and it seems like customers do as well. So, um, Father's Day is coming up. That's a big time for us. Um, if you need some Phillies gear or gifts for dad, uh, certainly check out, uh, sports.com. Now you have a, you have a sale going on until midnight tonight. Can people jump on that? They can. Yeah. Yeah. $20 hat sale. It's a little early Father's Day, uh, shopping kind of give back for some customers, uh, do your shopping early. You can get a deal. Uh, if you shop on the website before midnight, uh, all the hats uh, are $20. So a lot of great styles, dad hats, flat brims, adjustable, things like that. So, yep, definitely check it out. Thanks, guys. You had me at Johnny Good Times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, local quiz master in Philadelphia. I love it. Good stuff. Well, hey, Brian, uh, before we let you go, Phillies Nation, how can people follow you, uh, all your social media platforms and all that? Where can they, they follow what's going on? Sure. Yep. Well, the best advice is to check philliesnation.com every day, right? We usually have a recap article from the night before when we cover the games at the ballpark or the, the road trips, and then some analysis throughout the day and uh, podcast once a week. So philliesnation.com, we're on Facebook, Twitter, just search for Phillies Nation. You'll you'll definitely find us. Fantastic. All right. Well, hey, we appreciate you coming by. We appreciate you being patient, getting through our technical issues, and uh, let's do it again. You you said July. Let's do it. Great <laughs> deadline. All right. Thanks, All right. Thanks, Thanks, guys. Brian. Appreciate it. All right. All right hey, Bill. Chet. Good stuff right there. Sure was. Well, Chet, I hate to keep bringing up gas prices, but gas prices keep going up. Traveling is going down. Is your couch still getting more mileage than your car? It's time to start saving with Allstate's pay-as-you-go auto insurance. Yeah, Bill, Allstate's pay-as-you-go auto insurance puts you in control. Can't do anything about the gas prices, but hey, you only pay for the miles you drive with the same full coverage that a traditional policy offers. Pay-per-mile insurance gives customers greater control of their insurance costs. See how much you can save with pay-per-mile car insurance by calling your local agent. In Westchester, PA, that is Dave Lavoie. Call Dave at 610-430-0700. Again, 610-430-0700. And start to save more now that you are maybe driving less. All right. Uh -oh. All right. Well, hey, Chet, uh, as I mentioned in the opening, I have a couple takeaways from our conversation with uh, – 
Dave Spadaro and Troy Vincent last week uh, regarding football. Uh, let's start with Troy. Um, what was your thought about the league telling players not to expect to finish your career with the team you started with uh, from a fan standpoint? Um, do you find that good or bad? I, I certainly found it interesting. Well, I mean, you'd always hope that when you draft a good player, he's going to be there forever, you know, like a Mike Schmidt, but it doesn't happen too often in any of the sports anymore. And as Troy mentioned, even, you know, Jerry Rice made a couple other stops after his great career in San Francisco. That's just the way it is now with free agency and, you know, players getting disgruntled, maybe with their original team and wanting to move on. It's just a fact of life. And it's probably going to be that way forever now, Bill. So uh, it didn't surprise me at all. Well, I, I think the thing that caught me, Chet, was not as much the um, the Jerry Rices of the world, you know, who who moved in his 12th season or whatever yep. it was. Uh, what got me was the Tyreek Hills and A.J. Browns. Yeah. Uh, yep. These quality players. And, hey, uh, you know, uh, don't expect these starts. Maybe from a Philly fan standpoint, maybe you're looking at Devontae Smith and saying uh, – he's going to be gone in a couple of years. I don't like that. Yeah. Uh, I don't either. I mean, hopefully he'll be great and he'll want to stay in Philly and the Eagles will want to keep him. That, that's the ideal situation. You sign a guy, you draft him, he does well, you keep him there forever. But unfortunately it just doesn't happen as, as often as we would like. Yeah. Well, and it's all about money. You know, you, you trade a, uh, not, not in the AJ Brown deal, but you traded Tyreek Hill for, a handful of picks to help reorgan re redo your franchise uh, because they don't want to pay them that next contract is really what it's about. When they get out of that rookie contract, they don't want to pay these guys for another four or five years. And now all of a sudden they're 30 and they don't want to get tied up in the money. I, 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 I was a little taken back by that. Actually. I'm not going, not going to lie to you. Yeah. Well, well hey, as for Dave, uh, read between the lines. And I thought this the last time we had Dave on, but, uh, certainly thought at this time too. Uh, I think he has some real questions, whether Jalen hurts is the guy. Did you get that feeling, uh, from Dave? Yeah, I think so. But I think that's natural. Uh, I mean, yeah, Dave is an employee of the Eagles, but you know, we all have questions about whether hurts is the guy. That's why this year is so crucial for him. We've, we've been burned too many times in the past, Bill, most recently with Carson Wentz. So many of us thought he was the franchise quarterback. Maybe went out and bought a couple of his jerseys. Yeah, that was me. And uh, and here he is gone with a couple of moves since uh, a couple of years ago. So we're hopeful that Hurts will be the guy. But no, it doesn't surprise me that Dave Spadaro or anybody else connected with the Eagles or otherwise will have questions about whether he is the answer. But now that he's got more and more weapons you know, this is on Jalen Hurts this year. This is uh, a year that he could become a real star or a flop. We're hoping that it's the former. Well, I'm going to tell you something, Chad. Uh, what is today? May 25th, right? May, May 25th. 25th, 2020. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to step that right in right now. I'm going to tell you Jalen Hurts is going to be really, really good this year. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. We'll get We'll get more into that as the season goes along, but I'm telling you. He's going to be good, and they're going to be good on offense. Well, Write it down. We, one thing we know is he's a hard worker, and he seems to be a guy that everybody likes, and we know he's committed to you know improving. So when you got that going for you, that's a good start. 
Yeah, well, and I, and I think the offense is set up for him to be successful. Uh, he's going to have to throw the ball around a little bit, but you know what? Who are you going to not cover? If you yeah. if you're going to put a spy on Jalen Hurts, now somebody you've taken a guy out of coverage, and if you don't put a spy on him, he's liable to rush for a thousand yards. I think he's going to be really, really good. Yeah, I can't wait to see him with AJ Brown and Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard, and hopefully a healthy Miles Sanders coming out of the backfield. You know, it's only May, but I'm I'm already looking forward to September. Oh, I am too. I am too. And like I say, I, I don't get all excited usually in the spring about football, but uh, I'm pretty excited this year myself. One other question about football. How about Nick Foles going to the Colts? You know some people down there in Indianapolis. What's the mood about having uh, Nick down there? Oh, the, the mood is real good. Uh, it's a, uh, you know, it's a starter in the backup role. Uh, knows the offense. Uh, Matt Ryan is new to the offense for the Colts. Uh, what a great room when you have two two, two starters like that and uh, a couple young guys behind them to to sit in the room and learn. Um, and if something were to happen to Ryan, Foles can step in and run that offense right now. So, yeah, uh, yeah, pretty pretty exciting move uh, for Foles and, and for the Colts. I actually got a text that said uh, Nick is in the building. Yep, and that was that was before he uh, before he signed his contract. So that was good. Good for Nick. Hope he does absolutely. well. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, hey, Chet, let's take a break and talk about the Irish Rover Station House. What's going on at the Rover this week? Oh, there's always something going on at the Irish Rover, Bill. You know that. Um, I'm so glad that we get to tell you all about them again. At the Irish Rover this week, they have a special Phillies-related deal Thursday evening. Discounted Miller Lite drafts and bottles. And with each Phillies home run, you just may win a prize also. Also, mark your calendar for Sunday, June 19th. I don't know if you know it, Bill, but that happens to be Father's Day. But it also means it's the return of the fabulous Irish Rover Father's Day car show. They've done that for many, many years. I think they put it on hold two years, if I'm not mistaken, because of COVID. But it is the Father's Day car show at the Rover, and it starts bright and early, 9 a.m. I was there, I think, about four years ago, and it was a lot of fun in 2018. It all happens at the Irish Rover on Bellevue Avenue in Langhorne. Find out all you need to know on their website. And that website, of course, is Irish Rover Station House. Com. Hi, this is Ray Dinger, and it is always fun to talk sports with these two guys, Bill and Chet, on Philly Press Box Radio. Thanks, Ray, and good luck to the Rover on Father's Day. Hey, by the way, Chet, uh, got a couple comments here. Oduble went deep uh, off the chop shop out there, chop house out there at right field, so Nice. Uh, they got him back in the lineup, and he's hit one already. Hey, uh, we we usually let you off the hook on talking about Flyers, but we're not <laughs> oh, going no. to this week. couple big names floating around regarding the coaching search. Uh, we've already heard about Barry Trotz. John Tortor- Tortorella is now in the mix. Uh, Trotz is third, and Tortorella is 14th on the NHL's all-time regular season. Wins list for head coaches. Rick Tockett's name keeps popping up, and today – um, Kirk Muller's name has started to surface. He was an assistant with the Carolina Panthers and apparently very well thought of. Uh, what do you, what, where do you want to go with this? I, I don't want Rick Tockett. I love the guy, loved him as a player, love him as a guy, but I want to see them go outside the organization. 
Now, they tried that, of course, a couple of years ago with Alain Vigneault. We were all excited about that. Uh, didn't end too well for him. But I don't know if that was his fault or just the players that he was putting on the ice. I don't know. I'd rather go with one of the veterans. I heard Al Morganti on WIP say he likes Tortorella. He would be uh, in his corner. So, hey, if Al Morganti says that, I'm going to back Tortorella. What, what do you say, Bill? Well, I guess the only thing that bothers me about these guys, uh, they're all great coaches, talking as well. Uh, there's a reason they're unemployed. Mm -hmm. and, you know, whether it's their old school mentality doesn't sit well with young teams, young players. I don't know what it is. Uh, Barry Tr uh, Trotz is a great coach. Uh, won the Stanley Cup in Washington, got fired or got let go because they couldn't come to terms, goes over to the island, does a real good job over there. All of a sudden, he's out. So there, there's reasons these guys are available. Um, they certainly have good resumes, but I'm not sure where it's going to go. I don't know. You've been watching the, the Cup playoffs a little bit, have you not? I, I have. Uh, I'm thinking actually, Lightning going to win another Cup. Yeah, they are. Oh, uh, they are. They're, they're really, really good. And, uh, I know. You know, I, I watched that. Uh, I've been watching a lot of it, the Rangers and and the Carolina as well. But uh, Tampa Bay has proved again, Chet, uh, solid play on both ends, incredible defense. Uh, they swept away Claude Giroux in the President's Cup winning Florida Panthers. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Giroux. But from the Tampa Bay standpoint, Chet, if you want to see how to build a team, uh, follow that that menu that they put there, that recipe that they put together. And when you have probably the best goalie on the planet, uh, that helps too. Yeah, it sure does. And you mentioned Giroux. Uh, I know he played very well with the Panthers. I think they were 19 and nine with him in the lineup, including the playoffs. He was their second leading scorer in the postseason. the two series that they played eight points in 10 games. But now what I haven't heard, has he said anything? Have uh, the Panthers said anything? You know what, what's going to happen? No, they, the only thing I heard him say, and this was before the playoffs and probably just chatter, uh, you know, on some interview was, you know, it would be it would be a dream come true to play in Ottawa because that's where he's from uh, up that way. Uh, what what does that mean? I don't know. Uh, it's it's not hard to to like South Florida living down there. Uh, so there, there's definitely a chance that, that they could get him and uh, and, and keep him down there. Um, and also, you you mentioned a, a point of game pretty much in the playoffs. He had pretty much a point of game in the regular season while yeah, he, he was there as well. And and I'll tell you, from watching every one of those games, Chet, this was a whole different Claude Giroux on the ice. He was flying all over the place. He was in front of the net, uh, setting screens. I mean, it, it was a whole different guy than what we saw that, that stood out on that wing and waited for that drive, you know, the pass to drive from the uh, circle. So, uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with Giroux. Yes, it is. We'll be keeping our eyes on that, Bill. Um, I don't know if you're going to ask me about what's going on this week on our network, but if you do, I am. you, you got to give me a minute to find a, a little graphic that I have to put up. So talk amongst yourself while I do that, okay? Well, uh, I will say we're going to give a shout out if we get to it. All the shows at the Edge of Philly Sports Network this week. As always, wall-to-wall -wall coverage. Uh, the network is loaded up again. You can catch all the action. www.eopsports.com as well as Edge of Philly Sports on YouTube. And you can also find Philly Press Box Radio on YouTube. And we'd certainly appreciate you subscribing 
to both of those. Um, Look what I got. There you go. Uh, like, follow, share, and all that kind of stuff. Still loaded up. Monday, the Broad Street Bully podcast. Uh, talking Flyers. Tuesday, talking Philly sports with Maddie B. Fighting's final every night. Maddie B. After the game last night, it was about eleven fifteen, eleven thirty. Maddie B. Uh, talking Phils, talking the game. So check that out. Every single game so far. Uh, of course, you got us on Wednesday night. Later tonight, Joey and Big Al are back in the studio at nine thirty for the EOP Sports. Saturday morning, Patterson Avenue Fanatics breakfast with the boys, nine a.m. Always great for some coffee and chat. Talking Philly sports and Sunday lacrosse, Philly and beyond. Sunday nights, 9 p.m. Check that out as well. Don't forget yes. to sign up for the newsletter at eopsports.com and you will get it in your email box about 9 or 10 o'clock on Friday mornings. Check it out. Yeah. All right, Chet. Great guest tonight in Brian Michael. Who's coming to Philly Press Box Radio next week? Well, that's a great question, Bill, and I, I think I do have the answer. So uh, what I can tell you, Bill, is next week we have a visit from the always entertaining director of fun and games for Ooh. our Philadelphia Phillies. That, of course, would be John Brazer. We talk Phils in general with him, as well as some of the cool promotions that are coming up soon, including a Bryce Harper bobblehead night in June. So John Brazer next week, maybe a second guest. Maybe not. And hey, Bill, just one thing while I think of it. A quickie. No. Yeah, we were talking about, well, I'll tell you in a second. I want to see if you know what this might be right here. It's a so guitar. It looks, looks like a guitar called the Blue Mustang. How am I doing? Yeah, so far, so good. Well, I'll tell you, it's a guitar that was owned and used by Kurt Cobain for Nirvana's 1991 breakout video hit, Smells Like Teen Spirit. And I don't know if you heard this, Bill, but it now has a new owner. At a Julian's auction just a few days ago, that 1969 Fender Mustang electric guitar sold for $4.5 million. Do you know who the buyer was, Bill? Uh, I don't. Well, I'm, you... I'm going to say Jimmy or say. You are correct. Because hey, I know, no. uh, you know that he's into that kind of thing. Yeah. Colts owner Jim Irsay bought it. For the past 12 years, that guitar has been on display at Seattle's Mopop Museum. So Jim Irsay now has it in his possession. He has some money to spend, apparently. Yeah, I tell you what, Chet. Uh, Jim Irsay does have some money to spend. But if you <laughs> go on Facebook, um, it's I think it's called Jim Irsay's Collection. I, I want to think it is. But he's got a road show going on. He's taking oh, wow. that collection uh, around the country into different spots. You can look it up and check it out. He's got, like, original Beatles guitars from all of them. I mean, he's got, you know, he's got all kinds of really crazy, crazy stuff that's, uh, you know, kind of all one-of-a-kind kind of stuff. Nice. All right. Good I job. That out. All right. Hey, uh I told you we'd talk Sixers. Have you digested the Glenn Rivers comments, uh, the Sixers early exit? Uh, did you come up with any thoughts? By, by the way, Chet, the only one doc associated <laughs> with the Sixers, he's not the present coach. So it's Glenn Rivers for me from now on at Philly well, Bill, Box Radio. I don't know if you want to hear this, but you have something in common then with Howard Eskin and some oh, others. Yeah. Really? Uh, 
who have long had that stance with River, uh, Rivers. It's Glenn. It ain't Doc to Howard Eskin. Uh, the only one anyway. Doc. Yeah. First of all, I, I'm really, really disappointed by the way the whole postseason played out. A fifth straight exit in the first or second round. The disappointing play of James Harden, etc. And unfortunately, you know, unless Daryl Morey works some real magic this offseason or Harden can turn back the clock five years, maybe. I just don't see how next season is going to be any better. They don't really have much money to spend. They're pretty much locked into bringing Harden back at a paltry $47 million. Uh, I'm just not real optimistic. What I'm hoping for is that the Lakers come knocking at the door real hard and say, we want Glenn Rivers to come out to Los Angeles. Take him, please. Oh, speaking of Doc, he, or Mr. Rivers, he wants to uh, chime in here for just a second. I think I do a, a terrific job. I think I do a, a terrific job, a terrific job, a terrific job, a terrific job. Yeah. <laughs> Glad you do, Glenn. Glad you do, Glenn. <laughs> Apparently your boss does too, at least for now. Oh. But Glad you do, Glenn. Hey, maybe they'll, maybe they'll do an even up and send uh, LeBron this way and <laughs> yeah. Glenn that way. What do you think? Oh, I don't know, man. I don't know. That's enough Sixers talk. I'm really frustrated about how that that ended, and it was uh, yeah, not a good end of the season. I, and, and I know you really had high hopes, as we I like did. to say. I really I, did. You really thought this team was going to go far, and uh, I, I hated to be the, the the negative Nancy on the whole thing, but uh, I just I just wasn't feeling it. And uh, I, I, I was know. feeling that the first five games that James Harden played, after that, not so much. Well, I was feeling it more when Harden came and that other guy was away, and I'm still yeah. happy that we'll never have to deal with him again, and maybe no one else will either. Uh, but I guess the expectations were a little bit too high, and the team, uh, as I said all along, they didn't have the depth, and they didn't have the chemistry. It just wasn't set up, and they, you know, then you add the injuries in there and all that. It just, it just didn't line up right in my mind for them to be very successful yeah i know hey before i forget bill i mm. wanted to mention that uh we are getting closer and closer to the kendall's crusade one-armed golf challenge it is now just six days away as a matter of fact it is happening next tuesday the kendall's crusade one-armed golf challenge and the amazing trick shot guy snappy gilmore will be there there is an epic after party also with music by tim williams and his band you can get all the details regarding tickets and the schedule at kendallscrusade.org there you yeah go. and and uh without getting into too many details people can go to the kendall crusade facebook page but uh leslie goodell our friend kendall's mom um kendall had a little setback uh last week and yeah she hope did. all is hope all is well with her but uh you know i guess it's one of those things chet that uh every checkup is is you know an event and you can only hope and pray for the best each time she she goes to the doctor and yeah uh, uh, if you follow Leslie on Instagram or Facebook, she keeps everybody up to date. And there's also a Kendall's Crusade Facebook page. And as I said, Kendall'sCrusade.org. So get all the info right there. That's right. Are you going to that golf outing? I'm still waiting for my formal invitation, but uh, I, I couldn't, I couldn't afford the ticket, but I'm very poor. You know, I got a, other things I got to pay for. So, <laughs> all right. Hey, I'm going to throw you a question. Yes. Uh, you're up on this right quick. Dave Yarnell says, who do you like tonight? Heat, Celtics. Uh, 
I'm going to think that I'm taking the Celtics. I think they're going to the NBA finals. So yeah, I think you're right. I yeah. think you're right. All right, Jet, let's take another quick break. Thank our friends at the PPCC 118 Raz Room. They post great sports memorabilia on their Facebook page so people can take a chance of winning something they may not be able to afford or have access to. All items come with certificates of authenticity. They continue to run out great autograph memorabilia from all the Philly teams and more. You have small line razzes that give greater odds of you winning. Check out their Facebook page, like it, or follow it. It's PPCC 118 Raz Room. That's right. PPCC 118 Raz Room on Facebook. Yeah. Oh, I got to get rid of that thing. The yeah. Raz Room thing. I thought I did. There All it goes. right. Well, Chet, I understand that you have a parting shot for tonight. So let's turn it over to you, my friend. <sighs> okay, Bill. I, you know, I, I didn't want to have to do this one, but yeah. This seems to be the year that a lot of big names are calling it quits. Six ABC's Jim Gardner and WIP's Angelo Cataldi are retiring at year's end. Eagles old lineman Brandon Brooks said he's done. He had some injury problems uh, that speeded up or sped up his retirement. The Steelers' Ben Roethlisberger was gone. Tom Brady left, but then he came back. Uh, of course, Duke's Coach K, Mike Krzyzewski, has retired, as has Villanova's legendary coach, Jay Wright. And heck, even TV's Ellen DeGeneres is moving on after a 19-year run her final talk show airs this week. But the one that really hits home for me and probably for most of you watching or listening to this is Ray Didinger. And not just because he has graced us at Philly Press Box Radio with 19 visits to our little show over the past eight years. If you didn't know, a few weeks ago, Ray announced on the Saturday morning WIP show that he and Glenn McDowell have hosted for 21 years that he is calling it a career at the end of this month. He's not just leaving WIP. We won't see him on Eagles pre or post game live this fall anymore either. He's been there from the beginning in the late 90s when they started that. Heck, Ray has been covering the Philadelphia sports scene for 53 years since he graduated from Temple in the late 1960s. Among other things, he has worked at the Evening Bulletin, the Philadelphia Daily News, Channel 3, NFL Films, Comcast Sportsnet, which turned into NBC Sports Philadelphia, and of course, 94 WIP. He is a pro football Hall of Fame writer. He is in about a half dozen halls of fame. In fact, he's won four Emmy Awards, and this past February, the Maxwell Club awarded him the Reds Bagnell Award for his contributions to the game of football. Going back to that not-so-memorable Mike McCormick area in uh, Philadelphia Eagles history, 1973 to 75, I've enjoyed reading Ray Dinger in the paper, getting his take on all things Eagles and beyond, and then watching him on TV and hearing him on the radio. And it's going to be weird not seeing his head buried in his yellow legal pad when post-game live begins after those first few Eagles games this fall. Four years ago, some 10 days before the Eagles won their first Super Bowl, Philadelphia City Council honored Ray with a resolution for his work and for being something of a Philly icon. In fact, Councilman Curtis Jones Jr. at the time said, there's cheesesteaks, there's water ice, there's soft pretzels, but there's also Ray Dinger. So, well, you know, you can still enjoy those tasty treats, I guess, but no longer Ray Diddy. Here's the thing. Yes, he's won a slew of awards for his sports writing and his work at NFL Films. He is in all of those halls of fame, and he deserves to be, of course. But more than that, he is also a Hall of Fame person. So we say again, thank you, Ray, for everything, and enjoy your retirement. 
Absolutely. And, and Chet, I'll tell you what, I, I, um, I'm sometimes a little slow getting into reading books just because I, I don't have a lot of time, but I kind of dove into that book, uh, finished business and it is really, really good. It, it really is. I'm probably now more, uh, more than halfway through it. Um, story after story, great stuff. Uh, players, and people that we've known about our whole uh, our whole lives, sports lives, uh, they're all in there, and it's it's really good. Starting out with, you know, Tim Rosovich early on in the yeah. in the very first handful of pages, uh, such great stuff. So, uh, salute to Ray and and to the list that you gave. You know, Chet, the thing about all those guys, as far as we know, they all have good health, and yeah. they're retiring. They're not, you know, at the end of the year, we always seem to come up with that list of people that left us yeah. well these guys are a list of people that are retiring so good for them yeah they're all retiring or leaving on their own terms which is uh very cool um right. ray did his final appearance on joe DeCamera show today he's going to be on with angelo one more time tomorrow morning and then of course he and glenn mack now do their two final shows this weekend saturday and sunday so all the best, Ray, and I'll see you uh, in August out in and did, and, and did that book signing uh, this past weekend as well, which was the last one of them, too, I think. Yeah, I believe so. So uh, this summer, though, he's got uh, Tommy and me coming back in mid-August, and I'm going to see him out in Canton when Dick Vermeil goes into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Yep. Tommy and me only a three day run this time, right? Instead of two, two to three yes. weeks. Like August it has 18th, been. 19th, and 20th. In. Hershey. Hershey. Yeah. Yep. All right. Hey, one other thing, uh, because you like music, are you as, as excited as some of our uh, past guests that Bruce Springsteen's going back on on tour? Uh, all foreign, all foreign dates, at least so far. For now, but he will open the tour in the U.S. in February, apparently, and then hit uh, foreign lands europe in april and then come back and do a couple of late summer early fall stadium shows but they haven't given the specific dates for the north american shows as yet but yeah i'm pretty excited i thought maybe i was done seeing bruce uh i guess in 2012 the last time i saw him but i'm good for one more yeah <laughs> I'm, not? I'm i'm not i'm not i'm done with him he's ah. he's out he's out okay be that way uh, hey, speaking he, speaking he of brought it on himself. Are, speaking of things that are coming back uh, Memorial Day weekend this weekend brings back Tom Cruise as Maverick, Top Gun Maverick. And true confession, Bill, I did not see the original Top Gun until about two and a half months ago, the first week of March. I had it on my DVR for about six months. I finally watched it, and it, it's not one of my all-time favorites, but I'm glad I saw it, and I will see the sequel, not this weekend, but probably next weekend. Yeah, It was a pretty good movie, I thought. 35 and, years later now we get and, to speak. And, and once you hear the music, you can't get it out of your head. I didn't feel the need for speed until early March when I finally got around to seeing it. There you See go. what I did there? Yeah. <laughs> All right. You ready to wrap it up? Uh, any plans for the Memorial Day weekend yourself? Nope. Uh, getting ready to start a lengthy trip to the north. And uh, so I got a whole pile of things to do. And uh, we'll be headed your way for... A little while during the summer, so I'm looking forward to that. We both yeah, are. we have to coordinate. Maybe do a little uh, get together of some um, of uh, some sort. And 
that is it for me, Bill. So let's uh, tell everybody have a happy Memorial Day weekend. Or you don't really have a happy Memorial Day weekend. You enjoy the weekend and think about the reason for the holiday. How's that? That's right. There you go. All right. Let's thank tonight's special guest, Brian Michael, our sponsors, the Irish Rover Station House, Bob Sullivan's like your <laughs> like your age.com, PPCC 118 Raz Room, and Dave LaVoy of Allstate Insurance in Westchester. For Jim Chechesco, this is Bill Furman. We hope you enjoyed the show. We'll join Philly Press Box Radio next Wednesday. It will be June already, Chet. Yeah. June 1st at 7 p.m. You can see us live on Facebook or listen to us through our website, phillypressboxradio.com, on blogtalkradio.com slash phillypressboxradio, on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and all the others. With that, high hopes, Philadelphia sports fans. Ah!